All right. Hello, and my name is John Michael Collins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Before we get started, the music you just heard is fun, it's upbeat, and in a way kind of depicts me. I would like to thank and give a very special shout out to my friends Marino and Noah Correa, who provided the music for this project. They're part of a company called Cinema Sonic, which is a company dedicated to providing quality audio and visual works for your next project. They're planning on opening a new studio in the Seattle area catering to professional level podcast production. If you would like to learn more, visit their website at cinema-sonic.com. Cinema as in a movie cinema, hyphen, sonic as in supersonic.com. Okay. Uh, are you ready to talk? No, why do I not feel ready? Let's just go. I'm nervous to screw it up, but I can't screw it up, and I'm happy to do it because this is fun. If you're joining me, this is a personal tool designed to get my thoughts out in the open and just talk about life. It's a journal. It's a thing. It's an adventure that I'm going on. And it's a day before my birthday, April 16th. Uh, My birthday is tomorrow. I've had multiple opportunities to go on various adventures. It would be super cool to just like bring people along on those adventures with me because most of the time it's been me and Jesus. Well, Jesus and I. Human interaction is also needed. It's a different interaction with another human than it is with the Spirit of God. Each episode, as you know, by this point, depends on... My 20-minute max time per episode, 20 minutes, is a promise that I made in episode 1. Speaking of episode 1 and 2, so you kind of know, there's some good stuff in there. It's a basic summary of me and just some notes. I want to say thank you, the listener, for opening this, listening to everything I've had to say thus far. I'm learning as I go, and this is only episode 4. Talking to yourself is okay. I'm learning how to talk more animatedly instead of just being super monotone all the time and just talking to where I'm boring you and probably putting you to sleep. So here we are to when I took technology apart and put it back together. I have in parentheses always. Taking stuff apart and putting it back together has been something that I've long enjoyed since I was, oh gosh. Young, the first memory I had with that was a calculator. Just a simple thing with a super tiny screen. Screws in the back, I would take those out. I don't know, I've always just liked working with my hands, doing things that are... Um... I can't really describe the feeling that taking something apart brings me. Uh, I can kind of walk you through the things that I've taken apart, like my calculator... It wasn't my calculator. And what's weird and interesting that I'm talking about this is I remember where I lived specifically and in what room I was in when I took these things apart, what I took them apart on even. So the calculator I took apart, I was living in Wellington, Colorado. We were living on our ranch house. I was eight (laughs) and I was on the carpet just like laying downstairs on the carpet, taking apart, maybe like watching SpongeBob or something. The next thing that I took apart that I can remember, 
It's morning. I am caffeinated. I just started drinking coffee again. I gave it up for Lent. What was I talking about? Yeah, so next after that, when we lived in Fort Collins, I had a computer, a laptop. I don't know why, but I took it apart. Detached, like, the serial bus strip, took the keyboard out, took the screen out. I think I had to replace a part, maybe. And I was like, well, while I'm at it, let's just take the whole thing apart and see how it works and clean it out. So that was cool. And then when I lived in Iowa, I took my Xbox apart. I don't know why. Maybe I was just bored one day and wanted to clean the... Wanted to clean the fan out because I'm I'm a genuinely quirky human being <laughs> and I do things like that. Maybe it's time to do that again. Oh, cool. I just remembered another thing I took apart, which is where I currently live in Seattle. I took apart my mouse, my computer mouse. When I was living in Minnesota, I was drinking coffee one morning and got up and spilled my coffee cup onto my computer and also my computer mouse. My first reaction was, I spilled my coffee. I'm going to have to make more. This stinks because I was drinking Tanzanian coffee, which was super gorgeous. I bought it from the place I lived in Colorado in Fort Collins at the coffee shop I worked. It was a five-pound bag, and it was super yummy, and I want more of it. If you're listening and you want me to give you a special shout-out, you could send me a couple bags of that. That'd be cool. Yeah, so my computer mouse. There was some coffee stains on it in general. So I was like, hey, let's take it apart. Once I separated the like two main pieces, it was like a city of little components in there. Everything I've taken apart is super cool because it's like a little city of components. I cleaned the scroll wheel, and there's, like, this super tiny little sensor. Oh, I just feel like something touched my hip. That was super weird. I cleaned this little sensor with, like, some rubbing alcohol and a Q-tip and put it back together, and for the most part, it works now. It still has its hiccups, but, yeah, it, it works. Yeah, next thing. So when I turned my life over to Jesus, it's not my life. I talked a lot about this in episode one. It's actually really cool because this time of quarantine has like really helped me to narrow in on where I'm at with Jesus, with his father, with his spirit. They are three in one. In no means am I ever trying to like be pushy. I just like to share it because, you know, I've had a lot of cool opportunities in my, let's see, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. 18, 19, 20, with my six years with the Lord. So my faith, it's been a lot of learning, a lot of confusion, been a lot of transformation. Old Michael is the one who didn't know Jesus, who didn't love Jesus, and new Michael is the one who does love Jesus more than anything. Basically, where I'm at now, my life is not perfect. I try my best to love something that I've found that I do enjoy doing is serving other people. My relationship to Jesus is the most precious thing to me. It's in our human nature to want to be known and adored. And I'm telling you right now that no matter how far you are, how far you think you are, 
he knows you and he loves you. Life's not perfect. Life is really hard. Last year, I came up out of a really tough spot. I was, I had been very, very depressed for a long time. So I understand, like, I'm currently on medication and I, I'll be on medication. I'm okay with saying that. It's hard. Jesus gives me peace. He gives me purpose. I know I say those things a lot. My peace is knowing that I have a place. There's a place I belong where I'm loved, I'm well-known, and I'm not talking about social status with people. He knows me, and I'm gifted. We're all gifted. You're gifted. I mean, I have goals. I have dreams, which is like one of the reasons why I'm doing this thing right now. There are a handful of things that I had in my life that I thought would bring me joy and fulfillment, like complete fulfillment, but none of them did. One of them was status, financial security, adoration to my fellow man and woman. <laughs> Jesus gives me rest, protection. Jesus is the first time in my life that I didn't have to work as hard to be happy. Every day I'm starting to understand more and more how happy he does make me. Like this whole hashtag Corona 2020 period has really put the brakes on my life. I mean, all I'm doing is I wake up, I drink coffee, I play some computer games, I journal, I read my Bible. Sometimes I draw, recording and editing and from home, in my pajamas, I've gone to church in Colorado, L.A., and here, without leaving home. So, I'm not really worried about the whole situation. Like, it's terrible what's going on, but the peace that I talked about, you know, Jesus gives me peace. It will be okay. It will be okay. With him, I know that I will be okay. But ultimately... Jesus offers something that nobody else can offer, which is eternal peace, eternal rest, eternal love, eternal life. There's one, if there's one thing that's true in this life, it's that we're all going to pass away. I know some of you don't like talking about that, but it's true. It's not good to ignore those things and thinking at least some about those things, not dwelling upon it can help you appreciate the moment and be present. Before Jesus was crucified, before he died, before he was nailed to a cross, John 16.33, he says, I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So to me, and this will be my last thought, is that Jesus came, he lived, he died, for the forgiveness of sins to all mankind, all womankind. And John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Throughout the Bible, the punishment for sin is eternal death, and Jesus offers eternal life. And to me, though my physical body will die, my soul will live forever and ever in eternity with him like things were originally meant to be in the garden. Like Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were with God, everything was perfect, and then they disobeyed God, and God 
banished them from the garden. And so the whole life, resurrection, and ascension story of Jesus is basically undoing all that wrong. No longer do you and I have to work our way to God. We don't have to earn his love. We don't have to earn eternal life, eternal salvation. We can just receive it. There's nothing you have to do other than say, yes, Lord, I believe you. Come into my life. I love you. I want you. I need you. I can't do this without you, which is where I was. So that's Jesus. I mean, that's not all of Jesus. That's a taste of Jesus. There's eons more to understand, more that I won't understand in this lifetime. But if in listening to all of this, you have come to a place where you want to actually dedicate your life to Jesus and start following him, or even rededicate your life to him, then I would love to lead you in this simple prayer. And then after that, your life will be changed forever. If you don't want to, that's completely fine. So take a moment, pause, just close your eyes, maybe go find, a, go find a quiet space if you need to, or hit pause and listen to this later. So if that's you, would you just in this moment follow me in this simple prayer? Jesus, thank you for loving me and thank you for dying for me. Jesus, I invite you into my life because only you can take away my sin. I believe you defeated death. I believe you rose on the third day. Jesus, I know you are who you say you are, and I invite you into my life. Jesus, would you transform my heart? I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I know I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior, and only you can fill that void. I turn from my old ways, and I follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, you just made the best choice that you could ever make in your life. You have a direct connection to God. You have a direct connection to the creator of the universe. (laughs) And I'm truly joyful and excited for you to see where you go next, and you can't do it alone. So I encourage you to get plugged into a church. Try to find a Bible, or if you have a Bible and it's under a, it's covered in dust under a shelf or in the cabinet in your, in your refrigerator, your freezer, or whatever, I would encourage you to get it out and open the book of John. Matthew, Mark, or Luke, those are the four Gospels. Those are the books in the New Testament that explain the life of Jesus. If you have no clue what to do, if you aren't close to a church, or if you don't have a Bible, please go on my website. The very last page is a contact page and say, I need help. But if you're not a believer and you're firm in your ways, I won't judge you for it, but I still need you to know that you're loved and there is true hope and peace knocking at your door. And it's greater than anything you could ever find in this world. He knows what's best for me. He provides and he loves and he gives more than you could ever ask for. The next topic from my magical wheel to when I went camping and melted the bottom of my shoe. There's not a whole lot of detail to this story. I was on a trip with Polaris slash Pioneer. It was probably, I don't know, at least 10, maybe 20 students, which was really sweet, all just packed in tents. 
and I believe this trip we had gone to Utah. As you can imagine, how does one melt their shoe sitting around a campfire? Okay, the bottom of my shoe, not my whole shoe. I was sitting with my feet close to the fire. I couldn't feel the heat on the bottom of my boot, but <laughs> clearly, since I didn't feel it, it uh, didn't affect me, didn't phase me, and I just randomly happened to touch the bottom of my shoe. I don't think it melted a lot, but it was sticky and clearly smelled like burnt rubber. And I think that we had hiked 13 miles that day to get to this campsite, and I I do remember this, I think it was this same night, looking up at the stars and just, or looking up in the middle of this forest and just seeing glorious stars. That's a really quick, really quick story. But yeah, camping's always fun. To when I discovered climbing is fun by climbing a tree. This was related to the same school, but this was in 2017, so like 10 years later, I was invited by one of the teachers to spend time with the students for a day and got to share a little bit about me. And if people call you weird, embrace it. Because that was my that was my childhood, people calling me weird. During this time, I was hanging out with these these students. We were like outside playing games, playing team building games on playgrounds, and it was just super awesome. I love this school and how they encourage kids, how they encourage teens to just embrace life, to pursue that fun. Some of the students, I think, were climbing trees. Like, I climbed a tree, and I was like, holy cow, this is fun, because I'm good at this. Obviously, yeah, climbing a tree is dangerous, and be very careful if you feel called to climb a tree. I would never climb a tree that's probably over 10 feet tall without being on a harness. You really have to listen to your body. I think shortly thereafter that time, I went to a park, and there too I found myself climbing a tree, and I had some friends who we would go hammocking. We would have like a little hammock in a little bag and just hook it up to trees, and I'm forever grateful to that day with my old teacher for getting my gears going again about, oh, being outdoors is fun. I haven't climbed a tree recently, but that time I was with my friends and I would climb up on branches and like hook it in super cool, weird ways. If you've ever gone hammocking, like it's it's really hard to find like open space to strap your hammock to the tree. If you find something that you're good at, and by find something, I mean when you're doing something and you realize, I'm good at this, and it brings you some type of joy to keep doing that. But if it's climbing a tree, just be careful. Please, I don't want anyone to get hurt. I really want to thank you from the deepest part of my heart for tuning into this episode. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and anyone and everyone you know. And also, if you don't mind, head over to my website, which acts as my creative portfolio, johnmichaelcollins.com. My goodness, who picked out my clothes today? It's really hot. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 